Hey Trojan fans, it's time to get into the huddle with the Peristyle Podcast. The Peristyle Podcast is your weekly ticket to USC football and recruiting news. Don't forget, you can download the podcast 24-7 at our website, peristylepodcast.com. And now, here's the host of the Peristyle Podcast, uscfootball.com publisher, Ryan Abraham. Hello! Trojan fans, welcome to the Parastyle Podcast on a Monday. We got our first emergency Parastyle Podcast for the 2019 football season a little bit earlier today. It was announced, Lynn Swan, USC Athletic Director, is stepping down effective immediately. We wanted to talk to our friend, our pal, Bruce Feldman from The Athletic, and also see him on the sidelines of college football games for Fox Sports about this breaking news in the USC athletic community. Bruce, thanks for coming on. How you doing, man? I'm doing well, Ryan. What a what a great weekend for USC fans between your freshman quarterback lighting it up and now a dark cloud to some degree being lifted from the USC athletic department. Woof. Quite a quite a forty eight hours, huh? It's not bad. Yeah, I think USC fans are probably pretty happy uh right now. You have uh before we go jump in everything, you have a game with USC coming up, right? You doing USC Utah or which one are you doing? Yeah, we have USC Utah next Friday night, and that should be a assuming USC does do something that the the volunteers couldn't do and that's beat BYU that game should be I don't know a top maybe a top 12 team against the top 20 team so can't wait for that yeah let's uh see if they can take care of uh Travis Wilson who was had a, a really good bowl game but he's been a little shaky I think his first couple starts the season but we'll see he was able to get a win on the road in Knoxville and my wife Jana was not very happy about that but we'll see uh, how they do in Provo um, all right, Bruce. So we were just talking about this before we went on the air. You came on. We had a little uscfootball.com gathering with you, Arash Marpakazi. We had Jacob Olson, uh, me and the uscfootball.com staff addressing a bunch of people came out. I think we had like 130 people over at that brewery. It was great. We had a lot of fun. And one of the little tidbits you had there, people were asking about Lynn Swan. And I think you said the over under on him being the athletic director, you put it somewhere around uh, Halloween time frame. So uh, he did quote unquote resign today. So I don't, you're probably not too shocked that this happened when it did. No, not at all. Uh, I tried to give myself a little wiggle room uh, with that. I was told it would happen, uh, within the first month of the season or by the first month of the season. And just thinking back to that event, um, I guess it was early June. I thought it was a little later than that. I felt like that was the first time some of the rumblings I'd heard from some reliable sources on this kinds of things was the first time I'd really spoken about it publicly. And I know that I was surprised at how much traction that got among USC fans, but everything I'd heard was just that the new president, Carol Holt, needed to get a little time to get, you know, settled in and get the lay of the land, but that getting Lynn Swan out of there for a variety of reasons was something that was, was, was in the works. And from what I've been told in the last, you know, a week and a half or two, USC had already been reaching out to some prospective candidates to gauge interest about replacing Lynn Swan. So uh, this is not, as you know, as I said it at, on your show that day, back in the summer, this is not a surprise at all. And I think the only thing that's probably a little surprising is that it maybe happened this long, but given a new president was taken over, um, it's, it, it seems to make a lot of sense. Have you, excuse me, have you heard, um, you know, as far as reasons behind it, did she just want to start fresh? Is it because of the two 
FBI scandals and multiple arrests or the performance between the, the major programs on the field and the court? Did you, did you hear any kind of reasoning why behind it? Yes, because you rattled off a bunch of stuff. At the tip of the iceberg. <laughs> I, I think one of the things that's here is just a lack. It's a total dysfunction of the athletic department and what people would look at and say, this is not great leadership. And so, you know, look, I've heard really positive things from some people I, I trust in and around USC about the new president and how she's handled things and maybe what's on her radar that maybe was not on the, you know, her, the guy she follows radar or didn't just, just was not thing he was wired for that bodes well, at least to go into this search. But, you know, a lot of times, look, you and I have talked about this before, and I'm sure it's come up a lot on the peristyle of, man, this is a very USC thing, you know, just like, and it, it makes people cringe and they're like, ugh, you just kind of roll your eyes and shrug your shoulders after enough of this stuff. And that was kind of the Lynn Swan tenure. And so now moving forward, uh, I'm interested to see what direction they go in. But I, I, I think, look, a lot of people looked at this and said, all right, well, this is setting up because they're going to have a head coaching search. And who knows what, what what's going to go. I mean, everybody's really excited about Slovis and, and there's optimism there. And who knows, maybe they go on a great run and then all of a sudden, Whatever they do, whoever the new AD is, you know, they have to have a clear path on what football is going to be, whether that's, hey, Clay Helton is really going to be here for the next five years. It can't be touch and go on this stuff. And I think they're, again, I think they need somebody with some real AD experience. You can't USC this thing again. They just got to get it right. <laughs> and and I, I would assume she will, she will do a better job at this than, than what happened before. Uh, I need to like save that quote. You can't USC this thing again is great. Brilliant from Bruce. Um, I want to get to the experience thing in a second, but the, the LA times put out a long uh, expose, I guess on one of the lesser known boosters. I guess he's known around the USC community, but he's not someone that puts himself in the public eye. Wayne Hughes, the billionaire who's a public storage um, founder and uh, donated a reporting, according to the LA times, $400 million to the school, uh, very good friends with Lynn Swan. We had heard, mm-hmm. and I think we put in the war room that he was the you know driving force behind it, uh, hiring uh, hiring Lynn. Do you think because that article just came out, this kind of pushed you know this this to happen faster? Or the the quote unquote resignation. I, I mean, I'm sure. I don't know. That's a good question. I, don't, I honestly don't know the answer to that part of it. I, I'm sure that didn't help because look, if you're Wayne Hughes. I mean, do you, do you really want that attached to you just in terms of, you know, look, Lin Swan was a great player at USC. He was a great player in the NFL. Um, he just wasn't cut out to be the AD of a Pac-12 university with a lot of resources. I mean, it's just the, you know, in retrospect, you can see why it was such a disastrous hire. But again, I, I think at some point, you know, look, there's plenty of schools. USC is not alone in this where some big money booster or a, or a group of them drives the decision and you get with a real head scratching, um, you know, result to it. And so I think in that regard, USC is not alone in it. And I'm sure, look, I'm sure the booster is going to have a big role in, in who they do end up hiring. But I just think that right now, I think they have to have a little more of a practicality to it and just say, Hey, it can't all be about the development piece or somebody you know, we want to go sit down at a, a, you know, at a, at a dinner with, because he was a, you know, hall of fame caliber player. I mean, we've seen that movie three times in a row now. So, you know, just 
let's, you know, if you're a USC person, let's figure this out. And what's the smartest thing for our athletic department, not for our, our cocktail parties. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. The, the experience factor is important. I thought this was an important line in uh, Carol Fultz um, email that she sent out to the Trojan uh, community about what they were looking for. Um, they wanted someone who has, one of the words she used was have experience. And I think that's, that's a message to all the fans out there who we've said this many times, USC hasn't hired a former athletic director or a current athletic director to be their athletic director since the mid eighties. It's been football player, football player, football player. Um, Now Mike Garrett at least worked in the athletic department. What, you know, he was a, he was a lower level athletic director when they hired him. So he was promoted, but Pat Hayden, Lynn Swan had nothing to do with USC athletics or administration, anything like that. So I, I don't know from that statement, it sounds like, Hey, they want to go out and get someone who's been an athletic director before. Yes. It's a good idea. Let's get somebody who knows what they're doing. <laughs> that. that's, that's, I mean, that shouldn't be like a radical opinion. You know, again, right. <laughs> I, I come back to just, let's get somebody who knows what they're doing. Now look in, in, in the eighties or go back, you know, whatever it is, 30 years now, that's a long stretch, but I think a lot has changed since the eighties where I'm not saying it was an easy job to be an AD, but things are way more complicated in how athletic departments are run. And, you know, look at this, look at the scandal that happened just the whatever, six months ago or whatnot. I mean, I think it comes back to being accountable. And sometimes when you have like a famous person or a former famous person who's in that chair, I think a lot of times you know, once they're once they've reached their success in something else, whatever it was 30 years earlier, they might not have to be accountable because ultimately there's always somebody else who's kind of can clean up their mess at some point. And I, I just think, you know, you and I have talked about this a lot offline. It's just it's always been head scratching to me that USC has more resources and is better positioned than any school in the country as it relates to the, their like. Their peers. There is no other anything close to USC in its conference. You can't say that about, you know, Alabama, Ohio State, or Texas. You know, they at least have some rivals who have le- a similar footing, and USC doesn't. And yet they would keep shooting themselves in the foot because of just lack of vision. And so let's get somebody competent in there who knows what they do. Now it's not to say if you hire the AD at a school that's not a top twenty, you know big, big place that there's not going to be an adjustment period. There's an adjustment period to live in LA. There's an adjustment period to working within the PAC 12, which has got its own challenges. But at least if you have somebody with the administrative experience to know about the accountability and, and the expectations, you at least have a fighting chance to, to make some really smart decisions as opposed to just doing things where you're just flying by the seat of your pants. And really, you know, I mean, the people who worked under Lynn Swan, I think there's a lot of probably I'm not saying this and somebody has texted me this in the last hour as we're taping this. But I think there's probably a bunch of people who will probably have a sigh of relief just because you're just kind of working to some degree around somebody who just probably was not cut out for the job. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's, you know, the figurehead stuff, it's been tried. It hasn't worked. Um, and we could debate who's the worst athletic director in USC history, Pat Hayden or Lynn Swan. We don't need to go into that, but the, you know, I would, I would say those are the two big candidates for worst ones in history. 
But I think the the big question is going to be from a lot of US, USC fans, are they going to get someone from outside? Is it going to be, it's not going to be an internal promotion, or is it going to be someone that you've seen that's been around the USC athletic department before? Because I think that's part of it. You, you talked about there's inherent advantages to being at USC, and because of the lack of competition around you, it's, it's, it is really unique. And those advantages, even when you're making bad decisions at the top, kind of can keep the program afloat and doing really well just because of the, you know, the, the position that they're in. But I think they really do need to go out and hire someone from the outside, someone that's an athletic director somewhere else, have them come in. I think the fear for the people that already work there, that have been there forever, are they're going to come in and someone's going to see all the warts. They're going to see all the issues and want to make a whole bunch of sweeping changes. And I, I feel like the whole point was they were trying to not allow that to happen. It's been this sort of, uh, it's like this, the athletic department is in like this Petri dish and it's just grown all this fungus and stuff over time. And if you bring someone for, with a microscope and go, oh my God, what's going on here? Um, I feel like that's what they've, they've been trying to prevent. But do you feel like they're going to go outside and bring someone else in who can come in and clean that whole Petri dish out? I, yeah, I think you got to do it because eventually it's like having, you know, it's like having, I mean, your example is probably a lot cleaner than what I was saying, but it's like, if you have rotten fruit and you stick it in the back of your trunk of your car, you know, you can't just act like it's not there. I mean, eventually you got to get that stuff out and maybe that's what all this is taken. Now, look, I mean, I, I don't know if this is the direction they go in. I, if I'm them, I would at least set the idea. You know, if you want to have somebody that's familiarity with the place, because it is a unique place, then see what you think of with Mark Jackson. At least he has AD experience. You know, by everything I've heard, he's done a very good job at Villanova. We know that he knows the place. And, you know, USC often does a lot of things that, that, blur into the familiarity of the comfort zone like this this is a guy who does know the place and he actually has experience in there um you know like this is the most usc comment to make ever but like they could do worse because they always do so at least get somebody with that athletic director experience now i mean i'd reported this a little earlier today usc has had already reached out to i think three candidates that i know of to see if they had interest and i don't think those things went well for, you know, on the USC end of things, but I would imagine that they would, Mark Jackson's a guy they have to have to consider and give strong consideration to because of his experience, because of his understanding of the place and his perspective. And it's also like, you know, I think he at least knows this is when this is, these are all the ways we've driven the car in the ditch. And this is, so I can't drive that way. So I, I think in that regard, you need somebody who understands the place or at least has a, has an awareness of it. And he does have that. Yeah. Um, I, I like Mark Jackson a lot. Uh, it'd be cool to see him back around again, but I, I don't think USC should get anyone that's had anything to do with this athletic department in the past because yeah, they know, they probably know where a lot of the bodies are buried, but are you re- more reluctant to change the ways of certain things? Like, Oh, we'll let that part of it go. We'll change this thing where if someone new comes in and they look at everything and like, Oh my God, this all has to go. I think it's got to the point now, three football players in a row. I don't want anyone that worked for any of those football players in the past. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Again, it's, it's, it's a, it's a unique place. It has unique problems. Um, You know, I can think of a couple of people I know who, who are, who I think would be candidates who I know have interest in the job. And it's just, I think if you're, 
USC brass, I think you have to have to really go with those people and get a, a real vetting of them. Not, I'm not, not talking about just their backgrounds. I know they should at least do that, but certainly about what kind of decisions they're going to make, because ultimately this job isn't just about development. You know, if USC is winning and rolling and doing it, you know, what it was a decade ago, you know, the money's going to roll in. I mean, we live out here, you know, how many, you know, you can't, you know, you can't uh, hit a sand wedge and not run into like six USC billionaires, it seems like, or at least, you know, fat cats and they want to be connected. They're waiting for something good to happen. So I think it's more than just the development piece and the, and the celebrity factor. Get somebody who is a, who a will be accountable, b understands the process of what's going on, and then they can work within the structure of what's best for USC within the Pac-12. Because again, I think that has, is is a unique challenge because when you have a school that is by far the flagship program of a conference that doesn't always see big picture or their big picture is not really big picture. It's like kind of like a Salvador Dali kind of thing. Um, and that's to me a little bit what the Pac-12 is. You need somebody who get who understands that, not some AD who's coming in there and just running it how they think they ran their last place. Because then, you know, I think you're, you're going to have to adapt. So again, I, I know some guys who I think have some interest in it and we'll see if they're the right fit. The uh, national... I guess from a national perspective, what is the view of the USC athletic department right now? There's been two FBI scandals. There's you know ongoing things going on. Uh, they bring in Dave Roberts, who is a uh, you know on the uh, the NCAA. What's the he's on the not the search committee on the uh, infractions committee for the NCAA. Infractions committee, yeah. Yeah. Um, what is there? I, I, you know the football program. I think coaches would want to come if there was some kind of opening because they see the potential. Is it the same side on the athletic department side, or does it look like too much of a mess? It's going to turn a lot of good candidates off. I think what you got to do is sell them on the support structure around there. Do you think the president uh, has a real understanding of the place of football and what their what their expectations are? And from everything I've heard, she has done a good job of of making some of the, some of the people, whether the former players or not, they feel like better about that than they did in the past. And I do think that matters because it's just, you can't get in here with a complete disconnect, but as far as the perception nationally, I think there's a lot of people who look at USC as, as what has become a punchline that they're the ones who cannot get out of their own way and that they're all, their own worst enemy. And, you know, to me, like, that you can't fix that overnight. You just have to make some good decisions and you need time, you know, and that had been, this thing has been like rickety and and off the track a lot, you know, dating back to, and I'm not saying this is why it happened, but go back to the Lane Kiffin era. It was just, it felt like there was like bad, embarrassing news. I mean, you could probably do a story and maybe you have, of like the 50 most embarrassing things that have happened <laughs> to USC and just in the last 10 years, you know, everything from like, you know, a defensive back with a hoax and the story that goes this direction to, you know, I don't know how many other things. It's just like, you can't even keep track of all of it. And so, you know, to me, this is like, 
it just needs time. But at least they have the resources, at least they have the history, and they have you know, a unique product. It's just going to take time to make smart decisions and let things, let things just kind of grow from there as opposed to like, hey, we're going to make a splashy hire and then people are going to forget about all the dumb stuff that's happened here in the last five years. It doesn't work that way. Yeah. Um, what do you think this could mean for Clay Helton? Now, we don't, the, the team looked a lot better uh, on Saturday. We, you know, they could make some sort of run now. Um, do you think this is important for Clay Helton at all? Because certainly Lynn Swan was someone that had his back, uh, gave him an extension last year, which left a lot of USC fans kind of scratching their heads uh, and they wouldn't go five and seven, but do, is this important for Clay Helton at all? Absolutely. I mean, look, if, if Slovis is Sam Darnold 2.0, and that's a huge if, I mean, he looked terrific in his first, you know, in his first start, but that's a, that's a lot to put on a, a true freshman. I don't know what you'd look at if you're a USC person. I mean, you'd be able to, to speak to this better than me, but if they go 10 and two, they don't go to the playoff, but they have a really good year, especially look, the, the, this, the first half of the schedule looks a little more manageable now than it did last week. The quarterback looks good. Washington doesn't look as, as daunting. Um, I, I don't know if 10 and two is 10 and two is a really good year, especially when you lose your starting quarterback and you're playing a true freshman quarterback. The problem I think with this is, is it going to be enough to convince all the people? And I'm not saying it just has to be the people on the parasol, but all the people who care passionately about USC, and I'm talking about a lot of boosters and a lot of, you know, fat cats and people who are of influence there, that Clay Helton should be the head coach here for the next five years. Not just like, hey, we can revisit this in 2020, because all that's going to do, that lack of that uncertainty, which no matter what Lynn Swan said, was going to be hovering over this team, this program. It makes it harder to recruit. I mean, how many guys that normally would be, you know, grew up wanting to be Trojans that would be Trojans are either going to go to Clemson, they're going to go to LSU, or they're going to go to Oregon and Washington. I mean, these are that's a lot of dudes, and it's going to be hard to to turn those kids if it's just uh, we're going to wait and see, and then you feel like all right, we're going to keep keep Clay Helton for for another year, but then people are like, well, if he goes seven and five this year, yeah. we're, we're finally pulling the trigger. I mean, he's got to do enough, and it's the bar is so high now, where I think it's nothing short of the playoff might save it, just because I think USC people are are have already made their made a lot of them have made their mind up. They like Clay as a person. They think he's a good man. They just I think they resign it to being like, well, we don't think it's the right fit, and at some point you just have to make that decision. We believe it. We're going to roll with it or else, you know, you're just constantly in, like chasing your tail. I like that perspective where it's not just what are you do? Is it enough for this year? Um, or did he convince you, okay, for the next five years, this is the right direction because yeah, you're right. The whole off season. I mean, every interview I do still is the question is what does Clay Helton have to do to keep his job? It's like, I get tired of talking about, you know, like that's all anyone wants to talk about. If I, if you got to do it for another season, uh, everyone hears that too. You just have this, this coach that's in limbo the whole time. I think that makes sense. There are a lot of USC fans, Bruce, that, that just think that Clay Helton is the worst coach ever. And they were kind of cringing to see how well USC played against Stanford. And we say it can be a false positive sometimes because you know, that the Stanford games early, you don't really know, but Slovis looked like the real deal. The new offense looks like it's the real deal. Is the national perspective of the USC football team changed at all in the last 
48 hours or so from after seeing what they did to Stanford? No, I think it's checked back with me uh, uh, like after Utah. I think if they're 4-0, then the national percep- perception of them will change some. I think right now it's like, whoa, this is a really good young quarterback, and maybe they've caught lightning in a bottle again, much like Sam. I know he's a little different kind of quarterback, but just really accurate and wasn't a guy. I mean, I, I said this on our uh, Audible show earlier today. I met him before the Colorado game. And at first I thought he was a 2020 recruit quarterback just because uh, there wasn't a ton of buzz about him. And I was like, well, you know, the USC, you know, quarterback meant you would have thought there would have been more. And, I, and he was honestly, he was like, I would have guessed he was six two one eighty or six one one eighty, And he just kind of facially looked like a younger kid, uh, you know, credit to the guys, Brian Ellis and those, that group from before. I mean, they, they found a gem. It looks like, but you know, around him, you know, I remember going out to the last scrimmage of the summer a couple of weeks ago, and you see, man, the receiving core is talented. And they do have some really good athletic guys on the defense. It's, it's a talented team. I don't think it's one of the five most talented teams in the country, but it's, you know, it's got top 20 talent. So, you know, I don't think, you know, getting back to your original point of this question, I don't think Clay Helton is like the worst coach in the world. I think he's a, he's a pretty good coach. But again, the expectations at this point are so high and all the uncertainty that swirls around him doesn't make it easy to, to manage it. You know, maybe all these things are going to fall into place at the right time. They go on a run and look, Clay Helton can be a much better coach in year four or year five than he was in year one or year two when he had Sam and a lot, you know, Sam probably covered up for a lot of, you know, like little blemishes. Clay Helton can be a much better coach now than he was a few years ago. I don't know if it's going to be good enough, but you know, it's the bar is going to be really, really high. And at this point, you know, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to expect people to be that patient around there just because of it's it's we're pretty far into the tenure and it's just weird to be in a place where people are uncertain about whether the guy is the right guy for them and especially with so much uncertainty around the rest of the athletic program now i think you're going to make usc fans happy with what you said because you set the bar high so if they do go to the playoff i think you're usc fan you have to be happy you have to be because they went to the playoff you know um but there's a lot of fans here's what here's what i would say ryan on this if, if Clay Helton gets them in, back in the top 10 and in the playoff discussion, whether they're, you know, 12 and one or 11 and two, because I think they're going to, you know, if they beat Utah, then they're the front runner to come out of the South. I think if I'm a USC fan, I'm like, you know what? Clay Helton has grown on me to the point where I think he is the right guy for here. You know, if he gets them to that point. Because you can't just say, all right, well, it was Slovis who saved the season. And he's because you can't just reward, reward the head coach for your good quarterbacks and then blame him for everything else. If this is the case, that he's created this environment that they can power through being on the hot seat. And that is not easy when it's an echo chamber of hot seat like you're talking about. If he can get them into that, then I think they should say, hey, you know what? We're not questioning Clay Helton. We're riding with him now. Yeah. If he doesn't, then then they got their own decision. But, you know, you can't just kind of have it both ways where, okay, he had a good year, but next year, if he doesn't do well, we want to fire him. And, <laughs> you know, you know that, it's not good for recruiting. It's not good for, you know, for, for season six ticket sales. No. And the business of it. No, true. And that's, yeah. So I think if he does, you know, do extremely well and 
you keep him, I think the fans that, that really wanted him gone should be like, oh, you know what? He did really well. We're going we're gonna to roll with it and see how he does. But if not, they rip the Band-Aid off and kind of go in a different direction. Um, you're in this same this Fox family, Bruce, and I get this one a lot. People always want to talk about Urban Meyer. You've bumped into him a little bit, you know, worked with him at Fox. Any thoughts that he would want to return to coaching at all, let alone, you know, at a place like USC? I don't you know, right now in the early September, I think he's very excited about the TV, the TV part of things. You know, will things change six weeks from now? It could. I mean, I don't know. I, I say this with, I really think Urban Meyer, much to what he's been like for a while, is a, you know, kind of by the seat of his pants thinker sometimes. And how he's feeling about something at one point could change. But I think right now, I think there's a lot of passion for, hey, I'm going to be re- try to be really good as a studio analyst. I'm into it. And I think some of the headaches, I mean, and almost literally with him because he's had <laughs> yeah. you know, the issues, I, I think are not that far removed from his mind. Of, if I go jump into the middle of this to rebuild a program or to have this situation, like, I don't know what that means. And does my wife want that? And his wife, you know, you know, he's got grandkids now. I think his wife, you know, is a strong personality. I don't necessarily know if she wants her husband and, and their situation to jump back into this kind of fishbowl. I mean, I, so I think it's more complicated than people probably assume it is. And also his connection to USC is not what his connection was to Ohio State. I mean, he's from like Ashtabula, Ohio. He learned under Earl Bruce, you know, like, he was that made sense. I'm not saying it doesn't make any sense for him at USC, but him at USC, yeah, USC has great resources and everything like that. But there's also some things that USC doing business the way he runs a football program would be a, a radical shift from how USC operates now. And maybe maybe he would be able to get all those changes and everything lined up the way he wants it just so if he wanted to come back. But I don't think it's a slam dunk at this point right now. I mean, he seems like he's he's all in on the TV piece, at least as it is right now. Yeah, it definitely seems like he uh, and all reports he's doing really well. Uh, People love him. He's got rave reviews so far. I mean, the USC appeal is there's just so many programs you could win a national championship. There's only so many coaches who have proven to win a national championship. That's why people look at that as a potential match. And I. It wouldn't have happened if Lin Swan was the athletic director. Now that's that's gone. Well, I, I, a lot of it would have to depend on the USC side too. They'd have to bring in someone who would be willing to even hire somebody of that caliber because USC's not tried to hire powerful figures like that before. It's more built people up like a Pete Carroll. You know, they he became a powerful figure, but he wasn't coming in as one. Very different. Yeah, you're right. And look. Uh, and a lot of levels, it makes sense, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Bruce Feldman, uh, follow him on Twitter, uh, at Bruce Feldman CFB. He's definitely one of the top seven or eight sideline reporters that cover college football for Fox. So, uh, you know, really appreciate it. We only have three, Ryan, so I'm getting into seven or eight. Come on. I'm just kidding, Bruce. Does it amazing. You got to check out The Athletic. Um, They've... Over half a million subscribers you guys got now? Is that craziness? It is pretty crazy. Look, you guys understand the subscription world better than anybody. If you give people something that they can't get anyplace else, and people used to be like, well, I can get this for free. I was like, no, you actually can't because (laughs) other places aren't paying money to send their 
reporters to go do stories. I mean, the reason why you guys have been successful is because you're committed to it and you're invested in serving the USC fan. And that takes a lot more than just sitting on your butt and blogging about it. So, I mean, I think that's what's helped us at the athletics. So I appreciate the kind words about that and the not so kind (laughs) words about, uh, about, my colleagues are fine. No, you're doing good. So, do you like your new team? Because now you uh, you lost your uh, your color guys now in the booth. I mean, in the, uh, in the I studio. know. Yeah, I lost Brady Quinn, the least favorite Notre Dame quarterback probably ever of USC fans. Um, <laughs> you know, and Brady was like my big little brother on the road, and I had a blast with him. But Brock Heward's been awesome, and and it's been great just to like. I mean, Joe Davis and, and Brock hit the ground running. I mean, they'd worked together once before at at USC probably ten years ago. But they've been they've been awesome to work with, and we have a lot of fun. And uh, I cannot wait till that Friday night game. I mean, I was sitting there watching that, going, "Oh my God, our Friday night game, which is already a pretty interesting one to me, is could be wild now yeah. that I mean, USC is, could be three and zero, and with a lot of buzz, and Utah is sitting there too, and they're a great litmus test. I mean, that's the you know September, and it's already we're talking about like you could you could pretty much set yourself up to win the division. Yeah, when, I mean that's a big one for you guys. If you know, as long as USC doesn't stub its toe uh, in Provo, I think it'll set up for a really good way. It'll be must-watch TV on a uh, Friday night. I know in the Coliseum. And how much damage could how much damage can BYU do to that house in in, uh, in Hermosa Beach? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would be back to back. Jana was not not happy. She was even scouting when I she watched the BYU Utah game was scouting uh, just to see, but. It sort of got derailed when they lost to uh, Georgia State. Then it really didn't matter much anymore. Yeah, yeah. I well, for you guys. our co our our, our friend uh, Arash Markazi did interview Lin Swan back in March, I believe, for the LA Times piece. Uh, yeah, I think it was before we did our little meet and greet thing. And Lin Swan said he wanted to be there ten years. Um, that would he was already there for three, so there'd have been seven more. He didn't make it seven months. He is out uh, as USC athletic director. And we appreciate Bruce Feldman coming on and uh, sharing his thoughts. Bruce, thanks so much again. I know it's busy. Your phones probably blew up the entire time we're talking, but thanks so much. All right, Ryan. Good to talk to you. All right. That's Bruce Feldman. Check him out on Fox. Check him out on The Athletic. And all you guys, check us all out, all our stuff up at uscfootball.com. We'll have a lot of analysis coming after the post-Swan era at USC. So for Bruce Feldman, I'm Ryan Abraham. Thanks so much for tuning in. And we will talk to you next time. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found. You've been listening to the Peristyle Podcast, presented by uscfootball.com. Be sure to tune in next week for the latest news on Trojan football and recruiting. Don't forget, you can automatically download the podcast directly to your smartphone or tablet for free. Just click the iTunes link on peristylepodcast.com or search for Peristyle Podcast at the iTunes Music Store. 